This year about to be infamous. I only hear what the Bible says. We got the answers like I've seen. Ooh, yeah, yeah. We've been on the ground, we've been diligent. Thought we were done, better thing again. Hi everyone and welcome to We're so excited to be back with you guys um, Just going back into the part 2 of the husband special episode We hope that you guys enjoyed the first one And we, we can't wait for you guys to hear what we have to say Answer your questions and move further into sharing um, Today we'll be looking more at the ins and outs of marriage And just practical situations that we've experienced in our marriage And also just confronting issues that we deal with just generally in marriage and so we had a few questions once again on um, our Instagram page. If you're not following, please go follow and let us know your thoughts as well. Um, but someone had asked us how we fused our worlds together in marriage. And so we know that everyone's from a different background. You know, um, I'm trusting that you're not marrying like your cousin or something. You know, that would be like the only situation where <laughs> you guys may have like a similar upbringing. But definitely you might be marrying someone that's from um, a different traditional background, even financial, you know. And I mean, I've had um, people that have asked my husband, like, oh, how do you deal with someone from this background? You know, and even as we might all be Ghanaians, we're all from different homes. We're all believers, but we might have even um, been going to different churches. How do you fuse those two worlds together? And how, how do you move forward in marriage with someone that, you know, you get into the home finally and it's like, whoa, I didn't know that. <laughs> this was what we're about to be dealing with because the truth is that relationships reveal um, an extent, okay, to an extent, but when you're married, and I'm believing that this is, if there's a first time you're living with your spouse, you know, there's certain things that you might never have known until you got married, and so people want to know, you moved in with your spouse, and how do you manage to fuse those things together? Okay, so you know what? I'll let, I think I'll let Reverend Mensa go first. I feel like <laughs> his, his lips are itching on what, what he wants to share with us. All right. Um, um, so I think um, there's, um, there's a part of our lives where we had a lot in common. We we're both Christians from Christian homes and we had similar values. So when it comes to values and um, uh, our Christian ideals, we had that unlock. Whereas I sometimes tend to be a bit radical in some of my beliefs, right? My wife tends to be sometimes liberal, right? And uh, that is even in that area, there are some there are some clashes, right? Because like this is my view on it, and it's that, right? But um, I think uh, practically how we learned to uh, merge our worlds together was to understand that uh, we were forming one team. And um, uh, uh, not necessarily coming to continue something my father had built or something that her dad had built, but we were now coming to a place where we need to define certain things for ourselves, understand why we are going to do what we do. Uh, so um, um, there are things that maybe, um, for for instance, let's say um, um, 
Yeah, funny story. So there, uh, whilst I was working with my dad, there was a day where I had closed work and I was packing some bottles of water into the back seat of the car. And my 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 dad was like, hey, me, this one, when did you start? <laughs> right. Because like I, I do that they, they, in my house, it was sachet water, right? And uh, we had filters in our taps and all of those things. So most of the time, you just fetch and drink. But the bottled water, I was like, see, daddy, the woman that I married, this is what, when I met her on campus, I, I would see her mom with my own eyes, drive to the hostel and bring them boxes of water. When I visit them at home, this is the water that they serve me. So you see, let me just keep it at a certain level. Somebody will say, oh, eh, Anna, all water be water. Let's drink eh, the, the, the water. But you see, sometimes it's just a level of understanding, right? Because understanding what things because there are certain things that say, oh, in my house, this is how we did it. But you realize that maybe it was because it was a function of poverty at the time. It was because maybe you had luck in your life. That is why a certain thing was done a certain way. Or maybe because you also had too much, right? You feel, you, you feel as though this is normal. So we must come to the point where we understand, okay, why are we doing what we are doing? And why are we doing it this particular way? Right. Because for, for me, I am um, even in raising our child together. Um, one of the things that we are we are some we, we are sometimes seeing is that there is a difference of opinion on a way to approach a certain issue. Right. Difference in male female perspective as well as various upbringing. I was from a I was from a very you play the fool you feel it corporal punishment household. Right. There's no two ways about that. Nana was from a more talking to household, right? I've I've made it a point that as much as possible, I will not, we will not spank our child, right? As much as possible. But every now and then, sometimes I'm very stern in my voice. Yesterday, for instance, something happened, Aphasia was being naughty and I was very stern in my voice. And my wife was like, why, why didn't I talk to her in a sweet tone? And, I, and so I had to explain why I did that, right? It's not just for the want of speaking to her in a certain tone. I wanted to be able to tell the difference between daddy's good voice and daddy's bad voice. So that when she's doing something that is not good and she hears this voice, she associates it with the fact that what she is doing is not good. Because when I speak to her always in the same voice, now when I'm telling her to stop, it carries no power for her. Right. So it's it's just a matter of coming to an understanding and explaining because sometimes you will not your partner. My 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 wife loves experiences. Right. I'm a couch bum. If you leave me, I will sit in the same country, in the same place, in the same city, all the days of my life, planted by the rivers of water. That is how I am. Right. But my wife loves experiences. Um, let's go to Germany. Let's go to this place. Let's go here. Last December, we went to Germany. It was a big tussle on whether or not we should go, whether or not we should go. But when I went, I enjoyed myself. <laughs> right? Because for me, I was just doing the math, doing the balancing, the equations and all of those things. I'm like, hmm, Sally, the guys, you understand me, right? But because she's... She, and she grew up in a house where maybe uh, summer vacation goes to Germany. Um, this vacation, after she does her internship, she goes to the US. So it's always a, a matter of coming to an understanding and sometimes to uh, realizing that, okay, maybe somebody objecting to something you're bringing up, it's not just because they want to object. 
And that's why clearly stating your position and coming to a place of compromise in the middle. Because sometimes um, I realize that in solving marital disputes and talking to people in my position as a pastor, you realize sometimes there seems as though there is compromise, but one party is still aggrieved because the issue was not solved. So somebody just had to swallow for progress to make. There is a way to reach compromise where both parties are at peace. And that is very, very important, right? And I feel like that is where uh, we we must bring our, our thoughts and conversations, effective communication. Don't just say, this is how my father did it, and that is how his father did it, and that's how, so that is how we are going to do it. That's a stupid talk, excuse my language, right? But um, it takes a wise man to say that this is how my dad did it, but uh, in our family, we are going to define our way of doing it. Right. Beautifully shared, Redmond. And I think that just really defining yourselves as a unit outside of what your parents have built, you know, realizing that um, there are beautiful things from maybe the man's home, beautiful things from the woman's home, you can pick and choose by realizing that you're not doing um, a copy and paste of your family traditions, ideas, but you're creating a new beautiful unit and a new family. And so there are some things that you can just do away with and there are certain things that you can keep. And so that's a very practical look at how you can fuse your lives together because people wonder, it's like, I see this person, you know, I've been to their family house, I see how they're living, and I don't think I can live that way, you know, but these are conversations that, I mean, now you've heard this, you can have these conversations before you get married, but even in marriage, if you're already married, it's one of those things you can discuss, how do we create our family ideals, like what are our values as a family unit, as a couple, creating a new life for ourselves, you know, we don't have to do the things, I think the key thing in there is realizing that you don't have to repeat the things that have been done before you, you know, maybe you felt like you were beat so much as a child, do you remember, like, your parents spanking you left and right, sometimes you don't even know uh, what was happening? You don't know why you're being beaten, you know, and those are things that you don't have to repeat because you feel like, oh, you know, I'm doing just fine. But are you really? Are you really fine? You know, and so just realizing that to be able to fuse those two worlds together, you guys need to have um, like a set of rules for your own household, you know, and create a new beautiful life for yourself. But yeah, Love, my husband, what do you think about um, how you can practically fuse your worlds together like once you get married? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting one. Um, Maybe I'll just talk about three things briefly. Um, So the first one I would say, which is kind of related to what Beckmond um, shared is, I think the first thing is to be honest with yourself right, about your world, the world that you're coming from, right? And there may be something that you are used to, but you should be able to be honest with yourself about what you need to let go of in coming into this new um, household or this new home or this new union, right? It makes it easier for your partner as well to not be struggling with you or fighting with you over what to let go of 
or um, how to form a new union or how to merge when you can be honest and take some of some of the burden off right so again um, i'll just give a typical example of like methods of discipline in the household right um if you can be honest with yourself about something that you are used to but which you think can be better then you skip a whole step of a tug of war between you and your spouse or your partner on how to merge that because you've you've done half of the work in recognizing that okay maybe this was my experience but it was not the best it could be better right again um even in terms of your choices of spending you know you can also be honest with yourself and say well maybe i'm used to having two thousand dollars as my clothing allowance from the home that i'm coming to you know but if i look at our dynamics now as a couple and what we are both earning and what we are trying to build do I still need to hold on to a $2,000 budget for clothes and personal items? You save yourself as a couple the stress of a tug of war, you know, on how to merge that. So I think the key thing here is that not every baggage that you carry has to come into your union, mm. right? There are not everything has to be merged because you can let go of some things. Mm. And so you have a responsibility as a mature adult to do some introspection before you come into the, um, the, the phase of merging things, like reduce the number of things that you have to sort out as a couple by taking some of them out on your own, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is have a teachable spirit, right? Um, I'm just trying to focus on the things that whoever is listening can do for themselves or on themselves to help make the merger easier. And so the other is to have a teachable spirit, right? You, I'll give a very practical example. So um, my wife is a folder, okay? She actually folds for for fun. She she loves it. She loves to fold, okay? Um, I, on the other hand, I love to do laundry, but once the laundry is done, you know, I don't, once it's in my closet, I'm good to go, right? I have a system that works for me, you know? And it's, and let me just point this out, right? My system was not to just dump the stuff in there. No, I would fold, but I would fold to my taste, right? Um, but my wife has a way that she folds the clothes and it took me developing a teachable spirit to accept that there's a better way to do something that I do right so and that's that's something that is really key to merging your walls because if you don't have a teachable spirit and you want to always stand by things that have been for you without recognizing or accepting that there's a better way to do certain things and you will always have that strife right you don't have to change something only when it's wrong there may be nothing wrong with the way you are doing something there's just a different way that may be better. And you you need to have a teachable spirit to be able to see those things, right? So that's the second thing, uh, having a teachable spirit. And I would say um, the third thing about merging your worlds as well is um, 
also related to what Bethmond said, realizing that you're on the same team. Okay, if one person in your marriage loses, you've both lost. Um, so that competitiveness sometimes that um, comes up with very young couples, especially, can be very unhealthy. Um, don't always play for the win. When you guys are, are trying to take a decision as a couple, as a unit, don't, don't be driven by the edge to feel like you won. Because if you win and your partner loses, you've both lost, right? So choices and decisions might, must have in mind both of you as members of the unit or members of the couple. Realize that you are on the same team. The team must win. And sometimes for the team to win, sometimes you have to take a hit for the team and you must be willing to do that. Sometimes you have to compromise like what Bethmond was saying. Right, you have to be able to bend for the good of the team. Of course, it's it can get uh, very complicated when now you are always swallowing. Like Bethman was, was again saying, you know, just avoidance is not the same as healthy compromise. And these are, I mean, these are really, really um, deep concepts that we can't like expound on completely in this short time. But I would just say that make a very conscious effort to maintain a team mentality, right? And um, yeah, I think that those are three important things that will help to be able to merge your worlds as, as different people. Yeah. Amazing, love, amazing. You know, realizing that you don't have to necessarily carry every single thing that you've learned from your life, your family, into your marriage that you can actually leave some things behind not everything is necessary suffering that you experience when you're growing up you don't have to come to marriage and be like you know this suffering you know it, it grew oh. me into a person suffering. I, <laughs> you know i i became you know and i love to suffer everyone needs to suffer a little you mm. know like like sometimes it might have been poverty you know it might have been lack that led you into you or your family into that place, but now you're no longer there. So why live in that place? You know, that it, it starts to become like us being saved by living under the law. We are no longer free at this point, but God wants us to be free. So we yeah. need to embrace that freedom, embrace the new experience that we have and live freely and to have a teachable spirit. And I, I must say that I love that about my husband. I can vouch for him a, for 100%. Oh. I say that for all the years that we've been together, every year there has been improvement, there's been change, and he has such a teachable, humble spirit. And I just, I love that about him. And finally, just realizing that you're on the same team, that both of you are fighting for the same thing, you know, that you need to have your mind on that, that if my husband loses, I also lose, right? If the wife loses, you also lose. And so you need to just stay focused and realize that we both need to work to a point where we're on the same team, we're winning. Because what do you seek to gain if you're the only person winning? Nothing, you know? Nothing. And so keep that in mind um, as you're merging your worlds together. And I'll just allow Abeku to add his thoughts to that as well. Abeku, not to interrupt you or anything, I just wanted to chip in. There's this saying that, there's this gentleman on social media who, who does <laughs> these cheese kits. And when we said, like, you know, some of the things that we you, you may have done in your family were because of poverty or lack, then, I mean, Bethan had mentioned that, you know, there's this line he says, he was like, oh, 
and we're sorry for those of you who don't speak Chi, you're missing out on this one. It's like, oh, and I a swimming cry at the day. Oh, na AC cry, a yo yakasa, makebida, makebida, a yo yakasa, and a coffee, coffee, it's got phone crying and no coffee, coffee crying, no yadding. I mean, some of the things you think that maybe your spouse is being too bougie or they're being too something, yeah. you actually realize that. The little things they they have learned actually how to yes. enjoy the things in life, you know, and that it's not <laughs> outrageous, you know. And at, at a point, unfortunately, you guys can't see us when we start doing videos. I was connecting my husband's brain for the team spirit on my Santorini trip. For those who watch the trip, <laughs> um, we saw those of us in, I was teamwork, you know, just connecting our minds together. Because he also wins, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I bet you take us there. Take us there. <laughs> All right. Uh, wow. This, this this has been beautiful. Um, <laughs> at this point, I feel like the, the student where you know they ask a question, everybody still then they guess you and what's the offset? Was it? But um, to to I will just probably just highlight on um, or just touch on everything that uh, both my brothers have said. Um, <laughs> But I will start by saying that the first thing is to acknowledge that you are both from different worlds. It is sad that at times you, you go into homes and that acknowledgement is not even there. Like Beth Mon said, oh, this is the way we do it. So this yeah, you've come, you have to do it that way. And it's very, very sad that, you know, you don't even take the time to acknowledge the fact that, hey, we are from two separate worlds acknowledge us and realize that, hey, and that is one thing I'm grateful to God for, that he helped me realize that, listen, you have done things your way for a long time, but this is someone else with a different upbringing, a different experience, mm -hmm. and you need to find a way to be able to make sure that she is also comfortable in her own skin. Mm -hmm. You get it? So the first thing for me is that have that acknowledgement that, hey, we are both from two worlds. Now, the second thing I will say is that this is something I actually tell a lot of people. Um, and the, the saying is that your first child is not actually the child you conceive. Your first child is your marriage. Mm. Because we have situations where married people, married people get together, they have kids, and they forget that age. Bible says that a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife so that two shall become one. Now, when Bible says the two shall become one, what for me, it, the picture it just paints is that a new infant has been born. A new infant has been born. So your marriage is now something new that has been born. And it is something that like every child, you need to nurture, you need to be patient with, you need to teach, you need to guide, you need to protect. Mm -hmm. These are things that you actively do to a child. So why not do the same thing in your marriage? Mm -hmm. Beth and Eric spoke about, you know, finding, um, and I really appreciated both their perspectives because there are things I agreed with. And it's one thing I always keep telling my, my uh, wife that, listen, there are a lot of things out there, mm. but at the end of the day, this marriage is you and me. Nothing else matters. 
it is you and me. What we decide, our marriage is what we make it. Nothing else matters. See, it doesn't matter how great things can be out there or how great things can be for people. We come together, we talk. Hey, we've seen this thing. Do we like it? And most importantly, does it work in our case? Because just because something is good out there doesn't mean it works in your case. So you need to be able to come to that place where you realize that this is our child. What do we want to see in our child? What do we want mm. to do? And that is why I appreciated the perspective from uh, Bethmond and, and Eric so much. You need to decide that, hey, this is how we are going to do this. This is what we want in this. This is how we are going to grow this marriage. A lot of the, the relationships and the marriages that are out there is so full of people's ideas, people's ideologies, people's wishes and wants that the two of you neglect or you starve your child, that is your marriage. How can you be focusing on other people when your child is crying out of anger and you are feeding other people? Just picture it. You have your child that you've, you've carried for nine months. You've prayed to God. Heaven, hey, you've done all the kabados, kabados you can do. <laughs> you have, God has been grateful. You have conceived. You have carried for nine months. You have gone through labor and you have given birth. Now you have given birth. Take care of the child. You've neglected the child and you are feeding other people. How does that make sense? Mm. And that is what we do in marriages when we focus so much on what is out there and neglect what is in here. Because mm. at the end of the day, what is in here is what is important. You and me. No marriage is the same. So you can't just assume that what works for somebody will work for me. No. Like both my brothers have said, you need to come to that table that, hey, I believe this can work for us. What do you think about it? Let's talk about it. Does it work for us? Yes. Okay, let's implement it. Let's talk about it. Does it work? No, I think this one, like Eric said, you don't need to change something. You don't necessarily need to change something because it's bad. Mm. Something can be good, but at the end of the day, it can be better. So you change it for the better. Mm. So you come to that, that understanding, hey, we are doing this, this is good. But I've seen this, and I think this can be better for us. How do we implement it? Then the two of you implement it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's as simple as that. Your marriage is your child. So every attention you give to your child, make sure you are giving to your marriage. Make sure you are giving to your marriage. Mm -hmm. It is that simple. Mm -hmm. You never neglect. You never neglect anything about. Okay, um, especially if like both of you, like like uh, um, Bethman and Eric have said, especially if both of you have two different ways of doing things, all comes together to form that child all comes together, both your knowledges, both your best sides come together to be able to grow and nurture the child. And in this case, you'll be able to go and nurture your marriage. Mm. All right, so it's, it's, it's about focusing on both of you. Like I said, acknowledging that both of you have different backgrounds. Like Eric and, and Bethmon said, you know, coming to that place where you realize that, hey, we need to come together to make this thing work. We need to take a bit of this, take a bit of that. And ultimately, you need to both understand that what we want, how our marriage goes, is how it is supposed to be. It is not what someone says, it's not what somebody 
uh, uh, suggest or whatnot. No. So how to merge both worlds for me is as simple as realizing that the marriage is you and your wife. How you want your marriage to go is how it's going to be. If you focus on how people's marriages is, that is where you make mistakes. But you come together, you sit at the table, you talk things through. You talk things through. You don't always just insist that, hey, this is my way. No, so we'll do it this way. Like, like uh, um, Beth Moore said, <laughs> excuse my friend, it is foolishness. You get you talk things through and you always make sure that both of you come to an understanding, a peaceful understanding. And honestly, that is, that is, that is all to it. Coming to that compromise that, hey, this is what we want for our marriage. All right. So that is my two cents on everything that has been said. I love it. I just love, we just were sitting here. We're like, gosh, Abiku is so passionate, you know, and it's just beautiful to see how passionate he is about just, I think, first of all, he said just acknowledging, right? And I think that yeah. you come to that place where you can actually acknowledge that you guys are from different places. You can't grow. You can't fuse, right? Because it's like saying, I'm this and I won't change, you know, but just realizing that this is my child. My marriage is something that um, I'm tending to, I'm taking care of, and I need to nurture it. I need it to grow, you know, so constantly just feeding what you have, nurturing what you have, and not looking too much outside for what other people are doing and being so influenced by other things, but keeping your mind on the fact that this is what I have. How do I grow it? How do I nurture it? And how do I react? Or after I've come to the place where I know that's okay, this is, this is who I am. And these are the differences between us. Only then can you move to a point where you're able to fuse effectively. And, and I'm just going to add that my husband's sense of passion just really translates in every, you know, I just want to reiterate that. I'll just touch on that point just a little bit. His sense of passion is very evident in all areas of our lives. And I just bless God for, for that, for that blessing, you know, it's rare to find. And I enjoy every, every aspect of that passion. <laughs> we can tell, we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> guys you know honestly i wish you could see us on video because it's so heated in here and the expressions, the joy the con like the content goes beyond what you guys are actually hearing there's so much more you know to what you hear but there's we just wish you could see us and hopefully we'll be doing that soon but on to our, our next question you know someone had asked how you deal with sensitive issues of your past you know this for this i feel like i want beth to to go first with this one um because i sense really that there are things that he can address and help people with how do you deal with sensitive issues about your past coming up you know let's say for instance when when your spouse met you you're this holy spirit filled individual but before that you had a past you know how do you confront that now or what do you do when 
um, it's time to address these issues. And they don't necessarily have to even be in marriage, but maybe um, you're dating and then now you realize that you have to address these issues from your past or sensitive information um, about your health that maybe now you have to disclose because you realize that you guys are coming to a deeper place of intimacy. Um, how have you dealt with them? First of all, I would say, how do you think they should be dealt with? And how have you, in your experience, dealt with things that um, may have come from your past? You know, and if you don't have any issues from your past, you know, there's some of us that have walked with the Lord our whole lives. You can just talk about how maybe you feel like you would deal with these issues, you know. And Reverend Mensa, over to you. I think when it comes to um, uh, issues of our past, um, there's a certain level of wisdom and tact that is uh, required. Uh, there is knowing what to share and when to share. It's, it's very important because there are certain things that are very sensitive and um, it requires the, the security of a covenant to share, right? Um, and there are some too that if you know it's going to have a direct impact on the, on the marriage, especially in the dating stage, you must share it. For instance, maybe you have a health condition uh, or you know that um, uh, you, as a man, you have a low sperm count or as a woman, le le let's say, let's say as a woman, maybe something happened in your youth. You've had a hysterectomy. You don't have, your womb has been removed. This is not information you pull up on somebody when you're married mm. or after the wedding day. I remember there's a story I had of a man who married this lady and after the wedding reveals to the uh, woman he has just married that, oh, uh, just by the way, I have a child somewhere, a seven-year-old child elsewhere. Just by the way. <laughs> you see, these are these are things These that, are wondering. <laughs> these are things that have an impact on the person's decision to choose. Yeah. And I feel that whenever you, you do not share these things, it's deception and you are affecting the person's decision to still prioritize and choose you. Because there, there's a case where the person might not choose you, but there's a case where in spite of that revelation, the person might choose you, and you've denied yourself of having a stronger love relationship because in spite of all those things, the person still chose you, right? There are the, the, our, our selfish tendencies let us keep those information away from each other in order for the person to love us or love the idea of ourselves that we are presented. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and that's, that's one of the ways of dealing. So this is that, that if at the dating stage, any information that is pertinent and may affect the choice of the person to either stay with you or not stay with you, those, those things must be divulged. Within the context of the marriage, however, when you guys are married and there are certain things uh, in your past, I, I, I feel like this is where a lot of tact and wisdom is required. Number one, pray to God. Come to the point where you accept your past and you do not define yourself by the errors and the mistakes of your past, right? So when you have come to the point where you do not define yourself by the errors and the mistakes of your past, now you must, you must know how to reveal that information to your partner, right? And know whether and this is what sometimes at this particular point sometimes you need to pray about it because there's certain like what i sometimes people talk about the number of sexual partners they've had in the past and everything 
for me as a as as a, a counselor and somebody else, and I feel like it's not necessary, right? I don't need to know whether you had twenty bodies in your past, right? Or once once when I was marrying you, you were we were chased in our uh, dating process. Uh, you have done all the STI tests that you need to do, and you are clean. And <laughs> I feel like you you've given yourself an, a good slate to go ahead if you choose to share the information. That's why I said this is where some of these things, when you are revealing them, you need the the strength and the basis of a covenant relationship because a covenant relationship that like uh, that of marriage binds people to perform their functions irrespective of. Uh, what is happening so the the new information will not change whether or not they should love you or not mm. right mm. and having the confidence in your past and that's where um, um vulnerability in marriage is important right right so sometimes you must test the test the pulse test the waters right Just become vulnerable in lighter things and see if your partner can handle some of these major things that because honestly there are some things that like um uh, you, you've not cheated on your partner. You've not done it. Somebody maybe you had sex with 18 years ago before you met your partner, right? And you're about to talk to your partner. You know, I had, what is the what is the purpose of it? And uh, of what benefit would it be to your marriage? I can see where maybe you are revealing, maybe, um, uh, for instance, let me give this weird scenario. Uh, your, your partner has, has landed a job in a new company, right? And your partner's boss used to be somebody you had a thing with back then. And it's going to require that sometimes maybe because of the nature of the work, you maybe a company dinner or something, you'll be in the same place or uh, often sharing a similar. I feel like at, at that particular point, it will be necessary to um, uh, review that information before it springs up as a surprise. Right. And you you tactfully review that particular um, uh, information, but like I said, if it has no direct, I'm not I'm not um, uh, I'm not here advocating secrecy in marriage. That's not what I'm advocating. But if it has no direct benefit, no direct bearing, and it's just information for information's sake, right? Know when to reveal it. And sometimes it is. I sometimes it's even comes to the point where it is not necessary, right? Me, if if I was dating, asking me what is my body count, I know only Jesus. The body who died on the cross. Ah. <laughs> we are. We Period. Are, we are too obsessed with so certain things, and and these things breed room for weird competition, comparisons, mm. and all kinds yeah. of things. You see, our we would have been safe if all of us lived the way God expected us to live, uh, chased no fornication, then we marry. But unfortunately, that is not the world that we live in, and because that's not the world that we live in, these are some of the problems that we have when it comes to marriage, mm. right? So, um, when it comes to revealing certain sensitive things about your past, this is how I would go about and. Like I said, if you think it will have a direct bearing on your marriage, reveal in the marriage is not when you should reveal it. Before the marriage is when you should reveal it, right? But if you reveal it later, it's too late. Yeah, it's too late. You you stay in there. For instance, let's say let's say as a as a young lady, you're about to get married, and you know that somewhere on the internet, maybe in your past or a guy, 
someone on the internet, you have a sex tape that is making the rounds. My God. On, on the internet. See and it now. Forever hold your See it now and let your partner, maybe your partner would say, oh, I don't care about that. In fact, let's find a way of getting the videos of the service and the rest. And, and, but not the fact that you get married and one day your husband is there and somebody comes to show him a video of you on the internet and like, what is this? It's like, oh, it was back, that was a different me back in the day. No, 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 no. I feel like then you've not been honest with your partner because that can affect somebody's decision to choose you. And whenever you do not, you are not fully transparent, that is manipulation and deception, right? Because you are, you are looking to preserve the idea and not the idea of yourself and not necessarily present yourself as who you are and let the person choose you in a vulnerable state. Because the rest of your journey in marriage is going to require series of days where you are presenting yourself vulnerable, right? And you should be able to start at that point. So that's what I'm saying. Beautiful. Reverend I think that, you know, in asking the question, how do you even reveal sensitive issues about your past? Um, one key thing that Bethman highlighted was being vulnerable in the little things. Okay. So um, if you're dating someone, you're sort of checking the person's pulse as to how they can deal with um, little bits of information, right? So be vulnerable in little things so that you can see where this person is at in terms of handling information. How do they process? How do they receive information, right? But also assessing the relevance of sharing certain information. Like, is this something that is necessary for us to know before we go into marriage? Like he's saying, critical issues like having a low sperm count, not having a womb, you know, your health issues. It's not something you're on the honeymoon night and you're like, um, just by the way, you know what? I can't have kids. You know, you don't just throw that in there. You know, it's not seasoning or spice that you just toss once you're in the middle of things, you know, but those are things that you need to make sure that you're revealing so that you're not allowing someone to love you in quotes, like based on the information that they just have available to them, but they're able to love you and receive you in your entirety, right? And I think that, as you do that, you give the person the chance to, you know, get to know you and choose whether they actually want to move forward with you. But if you allow someone to choose you based on only a little part of yourself, you get into the marriage now and it feels like the whole thing has been untrue. How do they know moving forward that um, as their trust is broken, there's no more that you have to share? You know, and just having a balance between realizing this is something that you're married and maybe now you feel like it's the right time to share and it won't destroy your marriage versus um, holding on to information. And then now you're like, you know what, um, just by the way, we've been married for three years, but this whole time um, I couldn't have I couldn't have kids or you know what, uh, you're AS, I'm AS and I lied that I was AA, you know, that kind of thing. You know, you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to be able to <laughs> be honest, you know, and reveal information as and when it's important. So I think that it's not only about how to reveal those issues, but timing is of the essence. Okay. There's things that you can reveal later on. There's things you don't have to reveal at all, you know, and 
you just have to know when and how. So the person to the person that was asking this question, I think that, you know, think about that. What kind of information is it? Right. And then you can determine like when you want to reveal it. But I would love to hear from Abeku who has worked with the Lord his whole life. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, when you're introducing uh, Beth, you spoke about those of us who don't have much experience and have worked with the Lord our whole life. Yes, you definitely refer it to me. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Um, because like I said um, in, the, in the first recording that um, God being so good uh, my wife has been my only partner so I have not mm. had um, the, the, mm-hmm. the chance of having ex- or the experience of having exes or whatnot and I'm grateful to God for that me too but um, <laughs> but um, the little I would have to share or to add to what Beth Mon has said because everything Beth Mon said was spot on the little I would just like to add for, uh, to that is the fact that there's something I always share with my wife that be vulnerable with me and I know what to do. Or at times I say be honest with me and I know what to do. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, vulnerability is key. It's, 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 it's basically that vulnerability is key. The, 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 that and I think I shared earlier that see, God gives us opportunities to love. Mm-hmm. So that opportunity comes in the vulnerability or God gives us opportunity to grow our love for each other. And that comes in the vulnerability. So with sensitive information like, like Bethmond uh, shared, you, you just need to know the kind of, of uh, information, sensitive information that it is. And yes, some of them are very critical. Like you said, you can't just bring things, something on somebody um, when you are like years into the marriage. That is not fair <coughs> to the person. Um, you know, you have to be honest about certain things before, you know, you get into, into that. But I think one thing that the spirit also drew my attention to is that as partners that are receiving mm. that it's sensitive it. information, mm. you it. also have to know that, hey, your partner has a past. Mm-hmm. At times, those receiving the sensitive information, and even though I know that, yes, this one was asked by somebody who will be giving uh, the sensitive information, I, I just felt led to speak to those who are also receiving it. Because a lot of the time, mm. we, we tend to... I don't, I don't want to go by probably downplaying the situation, but a lot of the time we tend to also blow things out of proportion. Where are the, are the, uh, the, the, the matter of, of the thing is that, listen, I always say this, listen, do you know the number of times I have wronged God? Do you know the things I have done to God? At the end of the day, each morning, he gives me breath to wake up. Each morning, he gives, he, 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 he just forgives me. So why should someone I love be going through some, something and I hold that against the person? Mind you, I'm not saying that, hey, that is, is room enough for you, the one giving the sensitive information to abuse that person's or your partner's yeah. love for you like that. No, because that is wrong. But at the end of the day, you should understand that when that vulnerability is there, it gives both of you the opportunity to enjoy God's love. So at the end of the day, for me, it's, it's as simple as being vulnerable. Yes, many times my wife and I have had to have 
deep conversations. Mm. I just tell her that, no, come, let's talk. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how little it is. You just tell me. I know what to do. <laughs> All right? You just tell me. I know what to do. Because I, I came to understand, and yes, speaking to those receiving the sensitive information to again, and even for those giving the sensitive information, I think the key thing too is also knowing your partner. Mm. Because I came to realize that my, my wife struggles with, you know, coming out with certain things. Mm. It, hasn't, it wasn't something that she got the, the chance or the experience to be able to <laughs> practice a lot. And I realized that, no, this was eating her inside. So because I loved her, I, need to put, I needed to put myself in the position where I can pull it out of her to make her know that, hey, it, you, you have a space where you can be vulnerable with me. Listen, it doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter whatever no. has happened. No, whether how small, just talk to me and I am here for you. Oh, it's baby. as simple as that. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So this, I wish you guys could see this. <laughs> this this is, is, is my is my my two cents. Just know who to you are dealing with. All right. It doesn't always have to be one-sided. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Know who you are dealing with. Understand who you are dealing with. And then I like Bethmon said, that would would uh, give you the opportunity to see how best to come to decisions like when to give some uh, some kind of information and when not to, if it is necessary. Or it is not necessary. So that is what I have to share on everything. You know, guys, it's not just the information that was being poured out, but it's the kisses that Sonia is giving her hubby as we're doing this recording. It's, I was, I was, my spirit was screaming, Habitman, kiss me, kiss me. Wow. Kiss me, kiss me. It's like the husbands are just setting the atmosphere, you know? But I I think, Nana, what you're saying even goes back to what Abeku said. You need to know the person, you know? Passionate, you know, giving kisses, but he can improve. (laughs) But I I just, I like like what Abeku said about when you're revealing this kind of information, be vulnerable, like be vulnerable. And also on the, even going further to address the person that's receiving the information, right? Be open to receive this person. It might not be something that you want to hear, but also just think about how hard it might have been for this person to come to you with this information. You know, this is a part of their life that maybe at the time, you were, you were not a part of, right? And then now they have to reveal this information to you. It might be embarrassing for them. It might be uncomfortable. And now they've come to the place where they're a different person, you know? And how do we move to that place where you can say, you know what, this is what you're going through. This happened in the past and I can receive that. But I'll just let Eric as well add on to that, you know? And how do we, how do we just reveal sensitive information about our past yes so um yeah just two two or three things briefly um i would say that when you have been able to determine what the the right time is and all of that um don't be don't be defensive when you you share this sensitive information right because even in scripture um, the Bible talks about a repentant heart, you know, 
don't 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 come at your partner um, with a sense of entitlement when you share information because this you have had whatever period of time mm. um, it is to process this information you have come to terms with it this is new information that you are now sharing with this person and it, it carries a load you know it carries its own implications on the person so when you share sensitive information have that in mind that this is information that could potentially hit the person hard and so don't come with your guard up already you know and i would say also that be you know you are expecting your partner to extend grace to you as you share this information extend the same grace to them in how that information first hits them you know so you you don't get to drop a bombshell and when the person is stunned you walk off upset yeah you know you have to extend the same grace to them and people go through um, motions of of receiving news you know and someone may at first you know thought the person may be upset the person may be hurt you know but i think it's it's just very important that you ex the grace you want to get from the person extend the same grace to the person in giving them time to process the information right and also as you go to that person with the information don't go with a foredrawn conclusion you know you have to forgive me <laughs> just because you you have decided to share this information and big ups to you but i think that you should also bear in mind what the possible consequences outcomes are and you need to respect how the person receives that information right because all of that will affect how you approach you know the the person with that information and this is just in the context of everything that has been said, you know, you've decided this is the right time, this is what you want to share. Once you've gone through all of that and you are finally sharing, um, don't be defensive, extend grace to the person. And as, you know, when, if you happen to be in the position to be receiving this sensitive information, also extend grace because today the person is telling you this, maybe there's something you have forgotten and one day you will remember and it will be needful for you to share that you know and so just as hard as you judge you you may be judged you know because it, it becomes very difficult when someone has for example shared something sensitive or difficult about them you know you've you've been very hard on them maybe eventually you let it go and then a few months or years later, we find out that oh, your slate is not so clean either. You know, so um, I think these are very, very fundamental, very practical. And there are so many scriptures, you know, to back this, you know, removing the, the log out of your eye before you're going to take someone's spec out. And, you know, so the measure that you judge with, you will be charged with that and there are so many scriptures to back that but i just want to share these few practical um things that we can apply in the context of what has already been shared amazing i think that the key thing in there is you don't get to choose how a person responds to um the truth that you're bringing right um and like eric said this is after you've assessed who this your partner is 
How do they receive information? Um, how do you approach it? What's the um, level or intensity of this information you're about to share, right? You can say, I have come to the place where I'm being honest. Why are you so upset? Because I'm, I'm being truthful. I could have ch um, chosen to hide this information. No, at that point in time, that's not your moment anymore. It's for that person to go through a process to receive that information and they get to decide how they deal with it, right? If you're dating someone and now they feel like, you know what, I feel like I need to take a moment to process this and then we can reevaluate where our relationship is going from here. Allow them to have that moment, right? Because you don't expect to drop a bombshell and then uh, you just expect a quick recovery, right? Because you've had time to sit with it. And so I think that, as much as we're being open, honest with all that information, we need to also um, be able to allow people to get into that place where they're absorbing that information. But we'll be wrapping up this session with our last question. Um, we'll be brief about it. And then next week, we'll go into detail, more into detail about the practicality of this. But I just want to end by asking us this question. We've heard so many people say, marriage is overrated, you know, why do I even need to marry, you know, and I just want us to think about what's one thing that you think, you know, is a reason why someone should marry, and what are your views, or what have been the benefits for you so far, and so I mean, for this, I think that each person can just say one thing, what the benefit of marriage has been for you, and then next week, we'll go into detail um, about our married lives, you know, and just talk about that more, what the expectations are in marriage, reality, and all of that stuff. But so far, as we're concluding, guys, what has been a benefit of marriage for you? And our darling, the niece of the podcast has joined us, just in case you hear her, she'll be adding her two cents to this podcast. <laughs> And so she's already started contributing. But yeah, no, no, Bethmon, you can share with us what has been the benefit of marriage for you so far. And this is open to all of us, not just the men. For me, I say when someone says marriage is overrated, um, I'm sorry to sound some maybe blunt, but you've not experienced a good marriage. Because if you've experienced a good marriage, you know that marriage is beneficial. The book, I think it's in Ecclesiastes where the Bible says two is better than one for they shall receive a good reward for their labor. And there, there are certain things that I would, I would never been able to achieve without my wife. There are certain heights that you can never achieve without someone standing in your corner every day on the basis of a covenant. And it's, it's very, very important. It doesn't shift. Knowing that, you see, the real, real strength, you know, you can boast and say that I am a good person and I'll do this for you. But real strength comes from knowing that somebody loves you nonetheless. No matter, no matter what you do, there's, there's a strength that can never be ex explained. It can only come experientially. Um, um, uh, I think, sorry, I'm, I'm, Ephesians 3 uh, tells us about the fact that, that we might be strengthened with all the fullness of God. But when Paul is explaining what being strengthened with all the fullness of God looks like, he says that we may know the depth, the height, and the breadth of the love of God. So the strength of a Christian comes from knowing the fact that he's loved. And the strength for us in our everyday lives comes from the place where when I look back and tell that my wife loves me nonetheless, um, I, may, I may not feel like I'm achieving 
the the best things that I'm supposed to achieve in the in the realm of my career. But my wife loves me in spite of that. It just gives you the energy to wake up and go go on, right? Where whereas maybe if you don't have that kind of love, um, you might be in a place of depression. Or see, marriage is good. That's what I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. I think for me, I'll just say overall, I mean, I'm sure from this podcast, you guys have got to really get insights into me being a very troublesome person. And it's the same way I worry my husband all the time, you know, and I think just having someone to worry every day, you know, is a, is a great thing, is a great feeling. Um, and knowing that I wake up in the day and if I, I just want to disturb someone, there's always someone there who I can count on to be my, my person for all my antics, jokes, and games. But yeah, overall, guys, I would say marriage is good. Marriage is great. It's always good to have someone in your corner um, in the midst of life's struggles, life's troubles, and things, you know, coming at you here and there. So that's what I'll say I love about marriage, that you just always have someone. If you marry a good person or a good, faithful, godly man, keywords, then you know you have someone who you can rely on. Like Eric said, someone who is the protector, someone who is um, the priest over your home. And just having that person in your corner is a blessing. Amazing. The Selby's. All right. So um, I, will, I will just start by saying, or I'm taking the words of Bertman that, listen, whoever says marriage is, is, is underrated has not point blank, has not had the best of marriages. Mm. That is a fact. My, my marriage has been a blessing more than I can describe. Um, and I, I, I always say that God never created us to be independent. He created us to be dependent on each other. And that is why, and, Marriage is another level that he wishes for us to, you know, delve deep into to attain certain beauties and certain giftings. We we serve a God that is 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 looking to bless us beyond measure, and these blessings he has gathered a whole lot of them and placed them in the confines of marriage. So as you are in it and you are enjoying it the way he wants you to enjoy it or the way he has designed it, you realize that there are certain blessings. Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. See, our Bible doesn't say these things for naught. There's weight and meaning into all these things. So by virtue of that, I know that I have found a good thing. My wife is a good thing. And just to, you know, pick off from what uh, uh, Beth Mon said, tell it, see, there are, there are places or, and funny enough, my, my wife asked me this same question. I think it was this morning also that, you know, what, what has she contributed into my life? And I looked at her and just told her that, listen, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be all the things or I wouldn't have accepted all the lessons that God wanted to teach me. So basically, see, I am, I am a better person today because of my wife. I, I have learned these things. I have welcomed all these things because of my wife. So see, marriage is a blessing. And see, if you can, see, I would recommend it for everyone. 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 So marriage is a blessing. Too. 
Mm, I think my listeners on here know how I go on and on and on and on <laughs> about what marriage means to me, what a baby, my husband means to me. But then to sum it up, I would say that the beautiful companionship that we share is, you know, the best experience or blessing that I could ask for. I think one thing Abiku always says is that one of the best gifts you can give to your spouse is to be the best version of yourself. And um, I think each and every day, he drives me to be that version of myself. And people who truly know me that I know that I've continued to evolve into newer and better versions of myself. And I, I think I, I believe I owe that to the union that I share with Abeku and the things that he shares with me that God teaches him and the things that I share with him that God teaches me. Sometimes we'll be having conversations and then he's like, okay, yeah, my wife is preaching or he'll be having a conversation with me and or talking about something. And I'm like, my husband is preaching because we see and honor and value the anointing of God or God's hand that's working in our lives. And I think daily we try to fuse that into whatever we are doing, however we are doing it. So the beautiful companionship that we share. And truly, we, we are a vibe. Please, if you know us, you know, come hang with us. We're a vibe. But we vibe on each other's energy. Like, my husband brings the heat and I bring the heat to the table. So some people are like, Sonia is always excited. She's always happy. Like, literally, I've known this man since I was 17. <laughs> I mean, and then even in marriage, we continue to grow deeper and vibe on each other because, like, we just are that vibey couple. And I just thank God for that. I thank God for a union where I can just be unapologetically myself and to the core. I don't have to worry about toning any kind of hype down. Like Nana said, share her antics with Beth Mond and know that this person is for her. That's how I feel with Abeku. And I am super blessed to have him. And I love him so much, so deeply each and every day. <laughs> so, yeah. I love you too. Let's hear from my husband. Yeah, guys. So, <laughs> I mean, marriage is highly recommended. We are we are rating it five stars on the App Store. Mm. So you need to download this app if ASAP. you haven't. You know, um, you better and, get one of these. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to just copy and paste everything that Beth and um, Abeku and Nana and Sonia have said, and just add that for me. Um, benefits of marriage have included learning the meaning of commitment, right? To take a decision and to stick to that decision, devoid of how you feel on some days, devoid of challenges, because I think that in a bigger sense, you need that to thrive in life because life is such that you will at times have additional thoughts about your choices, right? But in marriage, you learn the meaning of commitment, of what the Bible means when it says, let your yes be yes and let your no be no, to take a decision and to stick to it. And out of that place is for me, the second benefit of marriage, which is growth, right? Um, to find yourself in a place that is not only beautiful, and lovely and nurturing, but a place that can also be out of your comfort zone and to become what you can become in God because of that place, you know, and God 
bringing someone specifically into your life to help you to to flourish into that into who you can be you know far more than you could have ever thought and just like that one was saying there are some things that you if you will be honest with yourself you know that without your partner you would not be that person you know you could have read all the self-help books and have done all the uh, motivational courses but there's just a place of growth um, that comes from being in a marriage um, that I'm so grateful for and I'm thankful to God for my amazing wife for ushering me into that place. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, guys, I think for me, um, one of the greatest benefits of being married um, to my husband is the fact that I have someone that I can completely be myself with and have a safe space to feel vulnerable, you know, and um, yesterday, myself um, and Sonia and her husband got to meet, you know, we had a nice chit chat. And I love one of the things she said. She said, um, she said that with the kind of person that I am, I am satisfied by my husband's love. And that meant so much to me because I'm not someone who I don't really consider myself to be a very open person. You know, if you're close to me, you might feel like I'm open, but I don't think I'm very open to people. And to be married, to have someone who you can completely be yourself with, to know that you're fully and wholly loved, you know, through and through, it's a place, you know, and to know that when you're going through life's challenges, you have a place that you can come to, a safe space where you can break down, you can be vulnerable and trust that this person will still love you, still support you and still be beside you. And I think for me, that has been one of the greatest blessings of uh, being married. And if you guys listen to like one of our first few podcasts, we spoke a bit about like being married and all of that and having someone in my corner my whole life you know, as my twin, it's very hard to find someone who, you know, can be authentic, honest, you know, the standard somehow becomes really high, you know, mm -hmm. but to meet someone and feel like, you know what, I can trust this person, you know, I can rely mm -hmm. on this person, even though I'll still call my sister for fashion advice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that I can trust this person wholly, like that to me is one of the greatest blessings of marriage. And like we've all said, um, don't let the world deceive you into thinking that marriage is not a beautiful thing. I think that I want us to conclude on that note. And next week, we'll talk more about marriage. But just know that marriage was ordained by God to be a beautiful and perfect thing. The Bible says that every good gift that comes to him from us, it's a perfect gift, right? And that means that marriage, he has ordained and planned it to be beautiful and perfect, but somehow the world changes it and makes it look like it can be beautiful. It can be this, it can be that, but it is, you know, and so have an open heart to receive um, that which God has planned and purpose for you. Make sure that you're always speaking to God about your decisions and trust that he lead you into a perfect place. Um, it's been so amazing recording with all of you. You guys look forward to our next episode. But for now, it's been Marinade. 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 This year about to be infamous. I only hear what the Bible says. 
We got the answers like I've been saying, ooh, yeah. Yeah, we been on the ground, we been diligent. Thought we were done, better think again. Fugazi not a legitimate, ooh.